find me in the LGX room or back there somewhere with kids um, on a Sunday morning. But this morning, I get the privilege of being in here with you. And um, this is not actually where I'm the most comfortable. <laughs> I'm much more comfortable in front of a group of children. So you'll have to offer enough distractions that we don't get through this in like 15 minutes. But... Um, I'm, I'm happy to be wherever Pastor Jay asks me to be. And I'm just going to kind of talk through with you where we are in LGX. I'm glad we've got our J-12ers in here, at least, representing over there. Um, but we're going to be talking today about where in the world are you. And I, I get the geographic location, and that's kind of where our minds would go with Springfield, Missouri, the United States of America, just kind of that worldview. But but where are you in your thinking? And where are you in where you stand? And so to start off, we're going to kind of map out the life of Jesus and see how it relates to the world. And the kids in the back are actually doing something similar to this today. And, and so you guys are going to get to experience what you might get to experience in the much fun world of LGX. So I've asked a couple of um, people to help me, actually, this morning. And my son, Joah, is in here with me. He, he should be back there in his class. But he has helped me map out the life of Jesus this week, and so he wanted to come and help. And then um, Jagger, Pinnell, I had asked. And I have just got to brag on these J-12 kids. They get in J-12, and they are so excited to help. This kid helps at least twice a month in one service because his parents are back in the back. And so he's at both services. So they volunteer to help in the kids' classes one service, and then they attend J-12 second service, and they really are such a blessing to our kids. They are back there helping out wherever they're needed, grabbing supplies, entertaining. Um, they, they just really are such a great part of our church. And, and you know, they get to this stage, they're kind of grown up. They're not that little kid LGX class anymore. And they really have just learned some responsibility. They really have a love of helping and doing whatever they're asked. And I just really appreciate that. And Jenny and Greg, our children's pastors, youth pastors, um, they just foster that so well. They really encourage the kids in that. Um, I may ask a couple of them to come up and help me anyways. But we're just going to kind of open because the story of Jesus actually is very adventuresome, thus the backpack, right? So really rugged and adventuresome. And it started a long time ago before Jesus came to the earth. Before there was anything. There was nothing. And so he started by making the world. He spoke it into existence. And his favorite creation, the one that was beloved and he loved the most, are represented today by Ken and Barbie, but Adam and Eve, he walked with them, he talked with them, he lit, I mean, they existed in a perfect world where they could commune with each other and just live in a loving environment. But that didn't last. Eventually, we had, we don't actually know that it was an apple, and I kind of feel like the apple was cursed as a part of this story. But we had, you know, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Will you be the tree? And because Adam and Eve, because Eve chose to partake of the apple or the fruit that was on the tree, sin entered the world and the perfection was broken. And so there wasn't that communion that there used to be. And really, at that point, God could have said, you know what, 
let's scrap this idea and start over. But he didn't. He decided to, to create a plan of redemption for us. And so at the right time, because we had to get through the rest of the whole Old Testament, right? There's some missing pieces there. But we're going for the life of Jesus today. So at the very perfect time, he sent his son Jesus to the earth as a baby. Not even as something powerful or um, prestigious, but as a baby. And let me tell you how hard it is to find a baby that doesn't do anything spectacular. They like make noises and do all kinds of things. And you're like, wow, can I just find a baby? But... He sent his son Jesus to the earth at the most perfect time to redeem the world. And then Jesus grew up in a home with Mary and Joseph, with earthly parents. And as he grew, he was just any normal kid, right? Here's his sandal, because I have to think that Jesus wore Keens if he were, you know, around, because they're really practical. And they have little fish on them, which I thought was very appropriate. But he grew, and he grew, as the Bible talks about in Luke 2.52, he grew in wisdom and in stature. And actually, um, in our curriculum in the back, it's called 2.52 Basics. And that's where it comes from, is Luke 2.52, because as these kids grow, we don't just want them to grow in stature, we want them to grow in wisdom. So we teach them things like how to make wise choices, how to treat others, how to walk by faith. And that's what Jesus did, and we want to follow that example, not just follow it ourselves, but teach it to our kids. There's the story that we use a lot in J12 about Jesus when he was 12 years old, and they, he and his family had gone to the feast of the Passover, and when they left, they, lo- they lost Jesus, essentially. I mean, like the worst thing that could ever happen to you when you know you're the keeper of the Son of God you lost him. And I mean, they traveled in big groups, so they're looking around, hey, cousin Bob, have you seen Jesus? Hey, cousin whatever, sister whatever, have you seen Jesus? No, nobody had seen him. So they go back, and of course, he's back there in the temple talking with the leaders, the, the Bible scholars of that day, and he said, well, didn't you know I would be about my father's business? And that's where we teach kids in J12, Jesus at 12, is how to be about your father's business. What does that look like? And that's not just something for J12, that's something for us. And I find that teaching these things has really just um, given me a different depth. I mean, mastery is the highest form of learning, right? So if you're teaching it, you, you just, you get to soak it in differently. So if you haven't had the experience of teaching, I'm just going to plug right now. You just need to get back there and find something to teach because it really is such a blessing to you. You really get to learn and grow as you learn with the kids. I promised you I'd get off on this tangent if I didn't, if I didn't stick to it, and we will get through it pretty quickly. But anyways, on with the story of Jesus, right? So he was a baby, and... Of course, now he's growing in wisdom. And if he were a kid nowadays, he would be wearing glasses because that makes him look very scholarly. And he would be very diligent in reading his very veggie devotions every day, growing in the wisdom and the knowledge and the things of God. 
And in his time, that's essentially what he did. Um, He learned everywhere that he could. He studied the scriptures. He followed and talked with people who would have things to teach him. And he really was about his father's business. Not only that, though, he did help his family. He, his family was a carpenter family, and so he had to work with his dad, and he had to do the things and have the responsibilities that they would have. All right, trade him in. This is our map of the Jordan River. When Jesus was 30, he was baptized by John the Baptist. And we have a picture, um, an aerial view of the Jordan River. And what's so cool about these stories that you can follow in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is that they're historical documents as well as serving the purpose of being a spiritual guide. So you can look at these things like this map, and this is a really cool place, and I know we have some families who have visited. We have a trip that's coming up. And so if you really want that tangible experience of seeing where Jesus walked, I haven't gotten to do it, and I would just love to. But I love pulling up pictures and thinking, this is a real place, and this really happened. It's not just something that we tell our kids or that we read about in the Bible, and it happened a long time ago. It did, but there's still evidence of what has taken place. So here's our map of Israel. Here's the real picture of the Jordan River. But when Jesus was 30, he was baptized by John the Baptist. And John the Baptist actually didn't feel like he was worthy of baptizing Jesus. um, But he did at Jesus' request. And when that happened, there was a voice from heaven that also um, we take as proof. You know, that there are three parts in the Trinity. But God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus had lived a perfect life. I I just can't imagine, you know, having to go through all of the... uh, Keeping your thoughts pure, keeping your actions pure, keeping your interactions pure. But he lived a sinless life as he was growing up. Just what a cool testimony of what God can do. But after he was baptized... Jesus began performing miracles all over. And the kids and I have been going through a lot of these. How he raised Lazarus from the dead. How he multiplied the fish and the bread in front of the multitude. How he did all of these things. And it was loved and it was hated. He claimed to be the son of God. So there were people who said, he's not telling the truth. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's saying that he's something that he's not. And he was wrongfully accused of really being super good. And they had to bring things against him that were false in order to please their own selfish desires of of wanting to be better, of wanting to be better than what he said he was. And so it was during that time that Jesus was handcuffed and he was crucified. You're ready to go, aren't you, buddy? He was crucified. He was beaten And he ultimately paid death as the price for sin. Just stand right like that, okay? And he was put on a cross. I mean, this this wasn't even a dignified death at all. This was something that was done to murderers and done to um, people. 
done to people who had lived a horrible existence and done things to others that were, um, you know, things that we would think of as, as, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but something that did not represent what Jesus had done. These people deserved the death that they got most likely, and Jesus did not. But it gave him the opportunity because after three days, he was really able to show his power and his connection as, as God um, when the stone was rolled away, when his friends went and saw, and the angel was there and said, he's not here, he's risen. And here's the stone to represent our story here. But his ability and his connection to show his power, will you hold that please? To show his power is, is something that we can look on and we can appreciate. Because in the Old Testament, there were sacrifices given. There was animal blood used. Um, there were various forms of laws and repentance required. And Jesus on one day took care of shedding his blood for all of time past and all of time eternity. So that when Jesus looks at you and when he looks at me, he doesn't see our imperfection. He sees the perfect, blameless life that Jesus lived and then sacrificed for us. Thank you, boys, so much. You may have a seat. And the story of Jesus changes everything because it's not just a story. It's a real account of what happened so that we could be changed today. And the story of Jesus changes everything in the past and it changes everything in the future because even though Jesus knows what has happened in the past and what has happened in the future, he still offers you salvation today. He still offers you the chance to have all of that yuck wiped away and to live a sinless, blameless life. And you know, I was really praying about the ending of this because when we're in kids' church and we, and we just pray through things, you know, we, we say, Lord, I want what you've got for me. Give me that. And I really felt, I actually woke up this morning and, and had a verse on my mind, and I didn't even know where it was, so I had to look it up. But I feel like somebody needs to hear today that God's love is steadfast, that it doesn't change. It hasn't changed through history. And it's actually in Psalm 135 that God's love, it's, it's perfect. It's always been perfect. It's not confusing. It's not fickle. It's actually pretty simple. That this entire story of Jesus' life is an entire story of love. Of the love of his creation. Of the love that he poured out through his son. And of the love that he still offers today. And so um, we're, we're talking about faith And faith really is believing that what Jesus did can change you. That what he did 
really matters. That what he did on the cross wasn't for naught, but it was so that you could have life and I could have life. It changes our eternity. It doesn't just matter today. It matters for all of time. We have such a cool ending if we belong to the family of God. And, you know, I've spent some time reading Revelation, and honestly, throughout history, I haven't liked that book throughout my history. I haven't liked that book because there are so many theories and, and offerings of what it means and what it symbolizes and what it is. And so I just got to read it this week, and I thought, what a cool ending. Like, I don't care what it symbolizes or what it means or who it's going to be or whatever. I'm on the winning team, you know? And so are you. If you've accepted the love that Jesus has to offer in your life, so are you. Your ending's really cool. And um, anyways, we're going to be learning the verse this morning, and I hope, to, I hope to put this in your head, because one of the things that we love to do back there, and I'm sorry I'm relating a lot of things that we do back here and here, but I feel like what, what we do back there, it's just as cool as what you do in here. Um, so we're, we're learning the Bible verse that faith is being sure of what we hoped for. He'll put it up for me. And being sure, yeah, and being sure of what we do not see. So just because we haven't seen all of the elements of the story, we can still believe it's true based on our faith. And um, we've been doing this women's Bible study on Wednesday night, and it's called Outrageous Women. And one of the nights we talked about outrageous faith. And what I loved that... Um, was brought out in the study, is that faith is not being fake. It's not just pretending to know something or pretending to believe something and keeping all of the facts behind. The fact is that sometimes we may doubt that things really happened or we may think about things in a different way and say, you know, that just doesn't seem like something very logical because all of the Bible is not very logical. I mean, it's just not. Because for somebody to hold all of that power is not something that we can fathom. And for somebody to be willing to pour out that much love is not something that we have. Our love in this world is broken. And it's not wholesome. Um, and, And we fail. Because we're human and we do. But God's is. And so for us, having faith is not pretending to believe something that we still have doubts about. It's saying, yes, I have doubts, but I still believe that God's love lasts forever and that his love lives inside of me. And it's saying that I may have doubts, but I am willing to take steps in faith to talk about where God is moving me and what God is doing. Because throughout all of the New Testament, especially Old Testament too, but when somebody encountered Jesus, They didn't go, what a nice guy. They said, meeting him is causing me to do something else. It's causing me to change the way I do business, change the way I collect taxes, change the way I live my life, change the people I live with, change the way that I see others. God's love changes the way that you see others as well. Because realizing that God didn't just do these things for you, He did them for other people that you are relating with at work or that you're seeing driving in another car, cutting you off on the road. He did these things for everybody. 
And so Jesus's love doesn't just change the way we see him and we see ourselves. It changes the way that we see others. Um, This morning, I just want to give you the opportunity, if accepting the love of Christ is not something that you've done, that it's not, it's not something that's complicated. Kids can do it. Adults can do it. And it's not just something that you think, wow, that feels kind of good today. Although it does, because knowing that Jesus has washed you clean takes rid of those feelings of guilt, of inadequacy, of, um, of not feeling empowered. But it makes a difference for everything. It changes how you live your life. It changes how you see others. And so I, I want to give you the opportunity today and pray with you so that if you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, you can do that. And then I want to talk to you if you already have. So Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this story of Jesus, of outrageous love, of incredible commitment to your creation. And Lord, if there is anyone in here who is willing to accept this gift of love that you have given so freely, Lord, I pray that you would just enter into their heart, that you would change their life, that your Holy Spirit would be relevant right now, Lord Jesus, in your name. And as I was thinking about how this impacts people who already have Jesus in their life, um, the Lord brought to me Jude 1, and there's only Jude 1, right? Because it's one chapter of that book. You're like, well, it's going to be Jude 1. Jude 1, 3. And it says, Dear friends, I've dropped everything to write you about this life of salvation that we have in common. If you've accepted Jesus, we have that in common. I have to write you insisting, begging, that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us is a gift to guard and to cherish. And then Jude 1 in 20 says, But you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right at the center of God's love, keeping your arms open and outstretched, ready for the mercy of our Master, Jesus Christ. This is the unending life the real life. So I'm going back to the question of where in the world are you? Wherever you are, wherever God has placed you, are you living out Jude 1 and 20? Are you there with outstretched arms, accepting the love and the mercy of Christ and ready to show it to others? If that is a workplace, if that is a home, if that is um, a school, wherever you are. He says that he is begging, insisting and begging are the words that it uses in the message, that you fight for the salvation. Something that we get to experience and live and show others. It's a daily thing. And so... When you talk about where in the world are you, I want you to think. If it's Springfield, Missouri, great. And be there with your arms outstretched, ready and willing to do whatever God asks you to do. 
Because encountering Jesus is always going to cause you to move. It's always going to cause an action. And he, he showed that to us throughout Jesus' life. God sent Jesus. Jesus was his action. If you have a little bulletin page, I know that Mr. Greg asked me for notes, and I was like, yeah, I don't have notes. Um, but I would encourage you just to kind of pull it out. And there's a blank page. Woohoo! Nothing like a good blank page, right? To start with. But just as you go home and throughout the week, to think about an application of what's my move? Where in the world am I? Is what I believe causing me to make choices that reflect God's love in my life? And so if you feel so inclined, I would encourage you to to fill out that blank page with those things. Your arms outstretched, ready to receive from the Lord and, and to take those things that he's willing to give you. Let me pray with you. And then I told you, it'd be early. It's one thing you can appreciate about kids' pastors. Kids', kids age span is only their age plus two, usually. Heavenly Father, I just thank you.